Denial is the default response of the Russian state. There's the famous Salisbury Cathedral, famous not only in Europe, but in the whole world. Russia denies attacking dissidents with nerve agents, denies murdering journalists, denies meddling in foreign elections, denies invading entire countries. Russia would probably, if so accused, deny ownership of a fancy cathedral adorned with stripy domes. We'd like if one day the real perpetrators are found and we're given an apology. So when a member of the Russian state's innermost circle admits a thing, it is interesting. Especially when said adjutant admits a thing he has hitherto frequently and indignantly denied, up to and including taking legal action against those who have accused him of the thing. This week, evasive oligarch Yevgeny Prigozhin has acknowledged that, contrary to his previous outraged rejections of the very idea, how dare you, you'll be hearing from my people, etc., he is, in fact, the founder of the private military company known as Wagner Group. Prigozhin did this via a curiously worded statement in which he seethed that every dog has tried to splash its saliva on Wagner Group and that journalists have been poking around in the sweaty underwear of Wagner. Choices of metaphor which may say more about Prigozhin than they do about his antagonists. And none of which did any more than confirm what everybody already knew. Other things that everybody already knew include Wagner's deployment as semi-deniable Russian proxies in conflicts including Syria, Libya, Mozambique, Sudan, Mali, the Central African Republic, and, of course, Ukraine. The president of the Central African Republic has been trying to regain control of his country by leaning on an unlikely ally, a Kremlin-backed private military contractor known as Wagner. In all of those theatres, Wagner has acquired, if not reveled in, a reputation for gruesome thuggery. Russian troops have committed human rights abuses, including torture and sexual abuse of victims, in their efforts to hunt down the rebels. There are a couple of questions worth pondering further. One, by way of background, who is Yevgeny Prigozhin? Two, possibly more urgently, why is he saying this now? The first of these, for all that Prigozhin is cagey about his backstory, is reasonably easily answered. Yevgeny Viktorovich Prigozhin was born 61 years ago in Leningrad, now St. Petersburg. He spent much of the Soviet Union's last decade in prison, convicted of fraud, theft, burglary and assault, emerging into a chaotic new Russia in which he succeeded admirably. He graduated from a hot dog stand to a grocery store chain to upscale restaurants like St. Petersburg's Old Customs House and New Island. The latter, a converted riverboat, became a favourite of another local boy made good, President Vladimir Putin. Among those Putin took for dinner aboard New Island were President Jacques Chirac of France, President George W. Bush of the United States, Queen Sophia of Spain and Prime Minister Yoshiro Mori of Japan. Prigozhin became known as Putin's chef. His company, Concord Catering, won a perhaps not coincidental number of tenders to feed Russian schools, Russian hospitals and Russia's army. 
It may have been this latter connection that gave Prigozhin ideas, though he had already been expanding his horizons beyond slinging victuals for the Russian state. In the early 2010s, he founded the Internet Research Agency, the infamous troll farm implicated in, among much other mischief, interference in the 2016 US presidential election. The IRA specifically sent people to the United States to study the political sphere in the US and to understand what the pressure points were. So in 2016, they were creating these fake American personas and then running ads as political groups. Prigozhin is, as a consequence of this and other endeavours, under sanction by the US, the UK and the EU, and a selection of portraits of him may be found on the website listing the FBI's most wanted. By Prigozhin's recent admission, he formed Wagner Group in 2014 as, naturally, a gesture of pure-hearted patriotic solidarity with beleaguered Russian-allied separatists in the east of Ukraine. As for the reasons behind Prigozhin's sudden candour, it is possible that he can simply no longer be bothered maintaining the pretense, especially after footage emerged of him, or someone bearing a remarkable resemblance to him, pitching a career with Wagner's Ukrainian legion to inmates of Russian jails. I represent the private military company Wagner. Maybe you've heard of it. The offer was said to be 100,000 rubles a month, 1,800 euros, give or take, and a pardon after six months of service, which may well seem more appealing than years of Russian prison gruel, whatever the risks. Those who want to stay with us can stay with us. There is no option to return to prison. Those that arrive on the front line but then change their minds will be marked as deserters and sent off to the firing squad. Though some recruits perhaps are inspired by the example of one of Wagner's prison cadets interviewed by Ukrainian media, who claims to have signed on with a view to surrendering at the earliest opportunity. You have five minutes to make a decision. When we leave, that time is up. Prigozhin's PR team, who do appear to have a sense of humour, released a statement agreeing that the recruiter did indeed look terribly similar to Prigozhin and possessed a similar, well-delivered manner of speech. Buried beneath this drollery may be the deeper motivation for Prigozhin's emergence from the shadows. An important caveat is necessary to the imminent lurid speculation, which is that Kremlinology has scarcely become any more exact a science since the days when Soviet specialists used to pore over photos of the reviewing stand at the May Day Parade to see who had moved a spot closer to the General Secretary of the Communist Party since last year. In short, nobody really knows anything. But... If Russia's war in Ukraine continues deviating from the plan and Vladimir Putin's presidency unravels with it, a man with money, connections, a private army and a public record of defending his nation may fancy his chances. For Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Muller.